Hey, faithful listener. Thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries daily podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you grow spiritually so you can grow personally. Let's grow together by building a consistent Bible reading routine. This is Jen, your host, and today we will be discussing the book of Mark. Good morning, friends and faithful listeners. Thank you so much for tuning into the P40 Ministries podcast on this beautiful Thursday afternoon or morning, whenever you're tuning in. And of course, I am the host of the P40 Ministries podcast. My name is Jen. And uh, today we're going to be talking about Mark chapter 8, verses 1 through 9 today. This isn't a very long portion of scripture, so I kind of wonder if uh, this will be a shorter episode today. It might be. Um, Because actually, this is something we've kind of talked about before. Not exactly, but we have definitely discussed a very similar miracle that Jesus did uh, only a few chapters ago. So this is the feeding of the 4,000, where we talked about the feeding of the 5,000 quite a while ago. Now, uh, actually, a lot of people believe that this miracle did not happen. But in my personal opinion... If it's in the Bible, I do believe that it happened a second time because these are different circumstances even with what had happened and uh, different amounts of people. So I believe that these were two separate miracles that Jesus did that were very similar because, I mean, Jesus isn't limited to feeding only the 5,000 people. He could have fed tons of multitudes that we don't know about because they didn't write about it. But anyway, let's go ahead and discuss this portion of scripture. I will be reading out of the W.E.B. version as I always do. In those days when there was a very great multitude and they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to himself and he said to them, I have compassion on the multitude because they have stayed with me now for three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them away fasting to their home, they will faint on the way, for some of them have come a long way. His disciples answered him, From where could one satisfy these people with bread here in a deserted place? He asked them, How many loaves do you have? And they said, Seven. He commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves. Having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to serve, and they served the multitude. They had a few small fish. Having blessed them, he said to serve these also. They ate and were filled. They took up the seven baskets of broken pieces that were left over. Those who had eaten were about 4,000. Then he sent them away. So as you can see, very similar miracle, but slightly different. First and foremost, the reason I believe that this was a separate miracle that Jesus did from the 5,000 people is because it mentions there were 4,000 men at this one, not 5,000. The second thing is there was not a little boy who gave his food to Jesus. Jesus took this food from the disciples and it was a different quantity of food than what the little boy had given them. And thirdly, they the leftover baskets were different. They had seven leftover baskets, whereas before they had had 12 leftover baskets. So that's different as well. So as you can see, there's quite a few differences between these uh, two miracles that Jesus does. So it says that um, it's possible that Jesus was still in a Gentile region when he performed this miracle. It's possible because it says in those days. And when we left off in chapter seven, Jesus was in fact in a Gentile territory. So that is one possibility, though I'm not quite sure about that. He could have traveled back to a Jewish community 
and done this for them because he was very extremely popular in the Jewish communities and the people from all over would like travel to the wilderness to see Jesus. So it is possible that since he is in the wilderness right now and because he has a multitude surrounding him, that he is back in Jewish territory and is feeding all the people, the Jews that came to see him. So, I mean, it could be either or. He could have been in a Gentile territory and he was gaining in popularity there because we saw that when he performed that miracle for the deaf and mute man, that man, the second he had the freedom to speak, goes and disobeys Jesus and starts telling everybody about Jesus and everything that he did. So maybe, maybe Jesus was still in Gentile territory. Either way, it doesn't say specifically And I don't really think it matters that much because it's not explicitly said. So one way or the other, Jesus once again is surrounded by a huge multitude and they had nothing to eat. And they were with Jesus for three whole days is what it says. So Jesus calls his disciples and he's like, okay, we need to feed these people because it's been three days. Many of them are very poor. Many of them don't have any food on them. And if I send them home now, which I'm getting ready to send them home, if I send them home now, they're going to get sick and they might faint on the way home because a lot of them have traveled from a really long distance to come and see me. And so um, his disciples, (laughs) his disciples have a really, really bad problem. They have this issue called amnesia. They forget what Jesus has done. And this is another reason why a lot of people think that uh, this is not a separate miracle, but the same miracle restated differently is because of the disciples reaction here. Like how could they possibly forget that Jesus fed 5,000 people, possibly only a few months or maybe about a year beforehand? Well, here's the thing. We really have an issue with amnesia. It's not just the disciples. It's everybody. I mean, what's that new song that just recently came out? Um, Good God Almighty by Crowder. I'm pretty sure he says in it, we get amnesia. We forget that you keep coming around. Something like that. And like that's that's literally lyrics in that song. And how true is that? We do. We forget about God. We forget that he keeps coming around over and over and over again. You know, we he does something for us. He he saves us. He rescues us. He does whatever. Like, for example, um, okay, let me just tell you like an example from my own life where I got amnesia. So, um, so right after my job with the factory, I got this other job and it was at a school and I was supposed to be a house parent at this school because it was a boarding school. And, uh, I was very, very thankful at the time, you know, that God got me out of the factory job, which I absolutely hated, and it was kind of dangerous, and it was kind of scary, and uh, I, I got out of it super thankful. Then about a month into my new job at the school, I was running into some problems with some of the students, and uh, they were getting kind of aggressive with me. So I go home, I'm crying, I'm just like, God, how could you possibly, you know, put me in this job position. So I was like doing the exact same thing that I was forgetting about, you know, with the last job, how God got me out of that job. And now I was so upset about this new job and I was forgetting how God, you know, like worked everything out for me with the last job. But then literally a week later, I got laid off from my job at um, at the school because COVID hit 
and every single person was laid off and the school was shut down. All the kids were sent home to their countries and I didn't have a job anymore. And then that's when it started. That's when I started P40 Ministries and I have the best job I've ever had in my life now working at my church and working on the podcast and working for the ministry that um, that I built. You know, it, it's just funny how we get that amnesia. <laughs> we forget that God is able to bring us out of, you know, one situation. And I mean, look at how we are currently going through the book of Exodus and the people, one thing after another, they're just forgetting about God. They're forgetting that God brought them out of Egypt and how in the wilderness, when they have no water, they're forgetting that God can supply them water. Then later on, they're forgetting that God can give them food and that he supplied them the water. How come he can't supply them with the food in the wilderness? You know, I mean, we see people all throughout the Bible just being extremely human and even nowadays being very human and forgetting that God is able to get us out of many situations and is able to supply us with our needs because he's done it in the past and we forget all the good stuff that God has done for us because we have a new problem sitting there and we're very, very laser focused on that new problem. We have a really, really hard time not just thinking about the problem in front of us, but thinking about the, you know, all the stuff that happened before where God was able to fix that issue before or, you know, anything like that. So, so I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense here that the disciples didn't remember that miracle that Jesus had performed possibly a year before this possibly a few months before this. We don't know how long ago Jesus had performed that last miracle, but it makes a lot of sense that the disciples forgot about it, especially when we saw right after that miracle that it said specifically that the disciples didn't understand that miracle. That was exactly uh, what Mark quoted pretty much was that uh, the hearts of the disciples were hard. They didn't understand the miracle of the 5,000 people and Jesus breaking the loaves and giving it to all those people. They didn't understand. So if they didn't understand back then, and they didn't process it back then, chances are they aren't going to remember it now because there's a problem in front of them. These people are all hungry and (laughs) they're not going to remember. I mean, that's human nature. So I I think this actually makes a ton of sense. You know, people are people. They're always going to be people. Jesus is testing his disciples who didn't understand the last miracle, probably already forgot about it maybe because, I mean, they see Jesus do tons of miracles. So, of course, here's Jesus asking his disciples, you know, how are we going to feed these people, seeing what they're going to say, and they're just like, where are we going to get all this bread? (laughs) So then at this point, Jesus asks his disciples, how many loaves do you guys have? So he's asking his disciples now, to provide the food rather than asking the multitude, the poor multitude who didn't have any food on them the last time. You remember that many of the people Jesus ministered to were extremely poor, so they wouldn't have a lot of food, especially if it's been after three days. Probably most of them would have eaten that food, whatever they had at this point, and wouldn't have had very much. So now Jesus is asking his disciples, how much food do you guys have? And they had seven loaves on them. So that wasn't even enough to feed the 12 disciples or Jesus. So they were probably kind of hungry themselves. Jesus was probably pretty hungry. So the disciples um, bring these loaves to Jesus, the seven loaves. 
So then all Jesus has at this point is the seven loaves and the disciples are hoarding these fish <laughs> that they had. And so they're not even like bringing these fish out for Jesus to bless and give to the multitude. Though in their defense, Jesus only asked for the bread at this point, but the disciples had these fish that they weren't giving to Jesus to also give to the multitude. So Jesus at this point has the seven loaves. And so he's once again, he commands the multitude to sit down on the ground and then he takes the seven loaves and he does the exact same thing as he did last time. He gives thanks for them. And then he breaks the loaves in half. And then all of a sudden, the loaves are growing new loaves. And <laughs> I don't know exactly how, how this was happening, of course. We don't understand this. But Jesus is breaking the loaves. And then he's making new loaves. And he's just serving this multitude of 4,000 or more people. And uh, he's giving it to all the men, the women, the children. They're all sitting down, waiting for the disciples to serve them. And uh, we talked about this last time about how Jesus and the disciples ate last. Once again, this is also a show of how Jesus and his disciples are eating last. They're feeding the multitude before they're feeding themselves. And the disciples had to have the faith to give those loaves to Jesus that they would not go hungry. And uh, they did do that in their defense. Now, of course, they had the fish and we're not giving that to Jesus. But now it says here in verse seven, after they serve the multitude with all this bread, they're just like, oh, hey, Jesus, we forgot about these fish we have. <laughs> so Jesus takes these fish and he's just like, OK, so then he he blesses the fish right afterward. And then he has the disciples serve the fish. So he multitudes, multiplies the fish and gives them to the disciples. And so the entire congregation of all the people after they get the bread and then they also get the fish from the disciples. So who knows how long this would have taken? You know, if they would have given the fish to Jesus at the beginning, maybe the disciples could have eaten quicker, but they did not. But it says anyway, they ate and they were filled. So they were filled to the brim. They were super full and uh, full of food. And they had so much bread left over that it filled up seven baskets of broken pieces that were left over. The funny thing about this is um, the disciples gave seven loaves. Now they're getting seven baskets left over. So that's kind of a cool little thing that, uh, you know, the disciples in faith had to give their own food to Jesus so that he could give it to the multitude. And now they're getting a uh, hundred times as much back. Because it says that these were large, large baskets. So the disciples are getting seven large baskets full of loaves back. And uh, that's what that's what the disciples were able to take home, possibly to their families. You know, not just seven loaves, but seven baskets. So they probably divvied that up between themselves. And then it says uh, that those who had eaten were about 4,000 people. Then Jesus sent them all away. So he, he wanted to send them away before. It says that here um, because he says in verse 3 that if I send them home fasting, they're going to faint on the way because some of them have come such from such a long distance. They probably don't have any food or possibly even money on them. Jesus knew that. Jesus knows each individual person. He knew that some would not make it home. They'd get sick in the hot sun and, you know, they didn't have enough nourishment. So Jesus nourished them before sending them home. And isn't that what Jesus always does? He always nourishes us. I think it's important. I, I keep expressing this. Um, recently, I've been able to sit out on my back porch 
and read my Bible. And it's been a really, really enjoyable um, thing that I do each morning before I begin the podcast because I never really had much of a prayer and biblical life, as bad as that sounds. I never really did. I was very inconsistent with it. I would read my Bible on occasion, but I was never consistent with it. So now I'm thankful for um, the back porch and the chair that I was able to get for back there to sit down and to read my Bible with my cup of coffee each morning. And it's a very enjoyable hobby that I've been having. I call it a hobby because it's definitely not a chore. It's just been a very enjoyable routine that I've been having. And I feel nourished afterward, if that makes sense. I feel very, um, you know, filled. I feel joyful afterward. I feel ready to go. You know, a cup of coffee wakes you up, but, you know... (laughs) (laughs) and gets you ready to go, but so does the Bible. So I definitely recommend if you don't have um, that kind of nourishment in your life that only Jesus can give, just take some time. It doesn't have to be a long time. You know, sometimes people think that you have to read the Bible for like two hours. No, you don't have to do that. I mean, take a few minutes and just read a psalm. You know, the psalms are pretty short. You can get through one in a couple minutes and just be nourished by that. But friends and faithful listeners, this was Mark chapter 8 verses 1 through 9. I hope you enjoyed this um, this chapter and this portion of scripture. And uh, one thing that I actually did a long time ago that kind of helped me not get that amnesia <laughs> was I actually wrote down on a list all the things God had done for me over the years, like the really cool, the really cool things God had done for me. And I mean, there's many things God's done for me, but the things that I could really remember as an act of God, if that makes sense. And uh, that really helped me. And I carried that list along with me for a while until it got all destroyed. But that was something I would regularly bring out if I was feeling scared or hopeless or upset. And I'd read that list and uh, just remember the things that God did for me and how he was always watching out for me and always taking care of me. But anyway, faithful listeners, that's just a little uh, side note that I had for this uh, chapter here. But um, definitely, if you liked the podcast, rate it five stars, share it on your social media platforms, you know, let other people hear this. You know, this is the Bible we're talking about. You know, we're not um, talking about anything else. We're talking specifically about the Bible. And this is Jesus's ministry. This is the most important thing we can talk about. So definitely share it on your social media platform. Spread the gospel in that way. But also have a fantastic rest of your day. Happy listening and God bless.